In the heart of Bavaria Hinterkaufeck stood nestled amidst vast fields, surrounded by dense woods that seemed to murmur secrets of their own. The farmhouse, with its time-worn wooden walls and straw-thatched roof, exuded an eerie charm that bellied the unsettling occurrences plaguing the Gruber family. Mysterious footsteps echoing through the corridors, the flickering lamplight casting long shadows that danced like phantoms on the creaky floorboards. The isolated farmhouse cloaked in darkness with only the pale glow of a waning moon illuminating the surroundings. The wind rustled through the branches of ancient trees, casting strange shadows that seemed to converge upon the unsuspecting farmhouse. Inside, the air was thick with tension, and the stillness was broken only by the occasional howl of a distant wolf haunting the edges of the forest. As investigators arrived on the scene, the air was heavy with an unspoken dread. The crunch of their footsteps on the gravel path seemed to echo the weight of the unsolved mystery that lay ahead. The farmhouse, now a crime scene, stood silent in secrets, its secrets being buried in the very soil that had witnessed the gruesome act. The scent of damp earth mixed with the lingering stench of tragedy, creating an atmosphere that investigators found both perplexing and unsettling. What could happen here in this quiet little farm? Well, you're about to find out why it's one of Germany's most infamous unsolved murders. As always, everyone, welcome back. I know it's been a while, but hey, we're back for season three. And what a season that we have in store for you. The first episode of season three is going to take you on a journey through a small town in Germany. Now, it's probably a tale that you've heard of before because, like I said in the, the opening, it's a pretty infamous murder. But before we get into that, if you're new here, I'm your host and curator of all things strange and unexplained, Anthony Rossetti, and you're listening to Not Another Horror Podcast. The Hinterkaufeck murders occurred in the early 1920s, a time of great political and social unrest in Germany. Following the devastation and upheaval of World War I, the country was in the throes of the Weimar Republic, a democratic government fraught with economic instability and social change. This was particularly true in rural areas like Hinterkaufeck, a remote farmstead nestled in the woods roughly 70 kilometers north of Munich. 
The isolation of the farm added a layer of intrigue and mystery to the events that unfolded there. The Gruber family who lived on the Hinterkaifeck farm consisted of the elder couple Andreas and Kazilia, their widowed daughter Victoria and her two children, Kazilia and Joseph. A new maid, Maria, had also just started to live and work at the farm. The Grubbers were known to keep to themselves, their secluded farm serving as a natural barrier between them and the rest of the community. In the days leading up to the murders, there were several strange occurrences. Andreas Grubber reportedly told neighbors about discovering footprints in the snow leading from the forest to the farm but not leading back. He also spoke of hearing footsteps in the attic and finding an unfamiliar newspaper at the property that he didn't remember purchasing. Furthermore, the family's previous maid had left six months earlier, claiming that the farm was haunted. She claimed that she kept hearing someone mumbling in the walls and footsteps in the hallway, but when she opened the door, nobody was there. These eerie events set the stage for the grisly crime that would shock the nation and baffle investigators for decades to come. And, of course, us armchair sleuths. On the fateful day of discovery, authorities arrived at the secluded Hinterkaifeck farm to a scene of chilling silence. The farmstead was eerily quiet, the animals unattended, and the family mysteriously absent. Upon further investigation, a gruesome sight unfolded. The bodies of the six members of the Gruber family were found brutally murdered. The elder Grubers, Andreas and Kazilia, along with their widowed daughter Victoria and her children, Kazilia and Joseph, were discovered in the barn. Each victim had been killed with a mattock. Now, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's a tool similar to a pickaxe. The body of the maid, Maria, was found in her bedroom in the main house. Each had met the same brutal end, their bodies bearing the horrifying evidence of the violence that had occurred. The crime scene was left relatively undisturbed and the killer had remained at the farm for several days after the murders, feeding the animals and eating meals. This unusual behavior added another mysterious layer to this already mysterious crime. Upon further examination of the crime scene, there were several puzzling pieces of evidence left behind. No signs of forced entry were found, suggesting that the killer was already on their premises or was let in by one of the family members. A key to the house was missing and the tools used for the murders, the mattock, was found in the barn. It belonged to the family and had been cleaned and put back in its usual place. Unraveling the dark tapestry of the Hinterkaifeck murders presented investigators with a multitude of challenges, each more perplexing than the last. The remote location of the farmstead, surrounded by dense wood and isolated from neighboring villages, immediately posed a logistical nightmare for those tasked with solving this crime. As authorities combed through the crime scene, they encountered the eerie remnants of a life shattered, the group of farmhouse, a silent witness to the brutality that occurred within its walls, held this secrets close. The lack of witnesses compounded the difficulty as the nearest neighbors were distant enough to be oblivious to the horrors unfolding in the dead of night. The investigators faced an additional layer of complexity as they sought to piece together the events leading up to the murder. The forensics technology at the time were in its infancy, and the absence of modern tools meant the crucial evidence slipped through the cracks. Fingerprints went unexamined, and bloodstain analysis 
were limited, leaving investigators with an incomplete puzzle. The Gruber family and their maid were not just victims. They were individuals with lives, dreams, and connections to the community. The weight of the tragedy hung heavy in the air, and the investigators found themselves grappling not only with the pursuit of justice, but also with the haunting emotional aftermath of the crime. The autopsy revealed that the elder Kazilia had been alive for several hours after the attack, lying next to the bodies of her family members in the barn. Strangely, the crime scene had been expertly cleaned up, and despite the violent nature of the murders, very little blood was found. Despite these clues, the perpetrators of the Hinterick Effect murders went unidentified. Now, we do have some theories. One prevailing theory points fingers at the possibility of a family member's involvement. The dynamics with the Gruber family household were far from harmonious. With rumors of long-standing tensions and resentments, could a family member have succumbed to a moment of madness, forever altering the fate of those residing at the farmhouse? Over the decades, there have been numerous suspects in the Hinterkaffeck murders. One of the most notable is Lorenz, a neighbor of the Grubers who was reportedly in a relationship with the widowed Victoria. Lorenz was one of the first to discover the bodies, and his behavior was considered suspicious by some. He had a motive, as he had publicly had problems with the family, and there were rumors he was the father of Victoria's youngest child, Joseph. However, despite extensive investigation, no definitive evidence was ever found linking him to the crime. Another theory revolves around the Gruber's former maid who had left the farm six months before the murders. She claimed the house was haunted and was convinced that the farm was cursed. Some speculate that she or her connections could have had a hand in the crime. Another thread in this uh, weird tapestry leads to the realm of the supernatural. The Gruber farm was already shrouded in whispers of being haunted, with strange occurrences documented in the days leading up to the murders. Some speculate that a malevolent force, perhaps connected to an ancient curse or a vengeful spirit, was responsible for the brutality that transpired now. If uh, that's the theory you want to go with, I could see it. Enraged ghost takes their anger out on unsuspecting uh, Hey, happens all the time, right? A sinister undercurrent in this investigation, though, involves the unsettling notion of incestuous relationships with the Greber family. Some theories suggest that hidden secrets and familial taboo could have played a role leading to a violent eruption that claimed the lives of those residing on the farmstead. Furthermore, some theories suggest that the crime could have been committed by transient individuals or burglars, driven by desperation in the post-war period. The isolated location of the farm might have made it an attractive target, but that theory doesn't really hold up because the fact that the cash found in the house was not taken contradicts it already, so not really sure why that is one of the theories that you know people are sticking to. But each theory has its merits and flaws, and none provide a conclusive answer to the mystery that we have at hand. The absence of a clear motive, combined with the lack of physical evidence, has made this case difficult to solve. 
The passage of time has only added to the complexity with key evidence lost and potential witnesses no longer alive. As such, the truth behind the Hinterkaffeck murders remains an enigma, a chilling testament to the unscrutable depths of human nature and the enduring allure of unsolved crimes. If you have any theories, feel free to post them on our Instagram, which, you know, there will be a post about this episode that you can discuss under. Now, the first episode back might have been a little short and sweet, but it was definitely something that I had been wanting to talk about for a while. In fact, I think the last episode that I had back in January, um, it was actually one that was coming up. But as they say, life happens. So if you want to hear something else, uh, if you want me to get into a case that's been on your mind lately, just reach out to me at Not Another Horror Podcast, our Instagram, or our website. It is in the show notes. But as always, stay safe, stay sane, and happy holidays.